0: We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or twelve months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also works with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance, and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork Podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer. And my guest this week is Richard Maddox. Now, Richard spent about 25 years building and growing technology companies. And in 2000, he left as the CEO of an IT company and founded an organization called Communicum, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. It's an innovative people development enterprise. And Richard has assisted, or the business has assisted thousands of professionals in enhancing their energy, their self-awareness, their leadership, and their authenticity. And he's also written a book, which borrows from one of those themes. It's called The Energy Book, 50 Ways to Boost Your Energy and Work and Life. And that is why we're here on this podcast today. I'm hoping Richard's going to bring his own brand of, of unique energy to the conversation and we'll offer you some tips that you can practically use to get more energy because I haven't met very many people that wouldn't like a bit more of that. So Richard, first of all, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Leanne. Delighted to be here. The subject we're going to talk about, it always excites me to be able to talk about it.
0: Good, good. And having written a book called The Energy Book, you've got quite big shoes to fill in terms of energy and vibrancy and bringing yeah. this stuff to life. So let's get straight into it. But briefly, I'd, just, I'd love to hear a bit about your background, because obviously, as my introductions alluded, it wasn't all about energy and leadership and helping people to discover their purpose. It was quite different. So give us a, a bit of background, if you will.
1: So I sort of fell into IT, in fact, not as an IT person, I was working for IBM, which pretty soon, after a couple of years, discovered that technical stuff wasn't really my forte and where my strengths and talents lie. So I moved more into the commercial side of the business and then went to a couple of other companies along the way and had a great time, you know, learned a lot, traveled a lot, did tremendous amounts of building of businesses and motivating teams and getting them performing and so forth. But I, as as years went on, and certainly the last four or five years of my, what I call corporate life, I was beginning to notice that everything was costing me more energy. You know, you know that sort of feeling when you—it's not, not that I was getting up in the morning and thinking, Ooh, I don't "Want to stay under the covers," but it was—it was just like everything seems to be more of a, a heavy and, and and dragging itself, and I was mm-hmm. feeling less motivated, and so. So I kind of went on a self-discovery process as as to why, because life was from every other aspect seemed to be great, but just wasn't seeming to be the sort of thing that I should be doing. So in the end, I actually gave two years' notice. I was CEO of an IT company, and I gave two years' notice, never recommend that. Hmm anybody to do because then everybody believes you're never going mm. I leapt out of corporate life and was already starting to work together with a good friend of mine in fact my tennis partner at the time, and we were trying to go through all the, this discovery that we've gone through ourselves about hey why did we leave corporate life well the energy wasn't there we got these talents but we weren't using our talents to the best of their strengths and, and then we started to hit on these things of what we call these programs, drive your talents, drive your energy, with the understanding that if you're doing the things that you like to do and if you're able to develop those talents, use the knowledge that you have and gain more of it in the areas that you like, work is a redundant word. You know, you, you tend to get so much energy out of that. And That's kind of how it all started.
0: Okay, cool. I mean, we were saying before we went on air that it must feel like a career of two halves. Such is the contrast between what you were doing and what you're doing now.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and same as, as you said about yourself in a very similar mm. situation. Yep. So it's totally different. You know, people declared me as being insane at the time for jumping out of something, not knowing fully what you were going to do, although I had a pretty good idea it was going to end up. And it took a while, I have to say, to leave the, the corporate memories behind mm. and to clear the head and clean out the cobwebs mm. but it, it, it's certainly something i mean it's the, apart from the time that i teamed up with christy you know my, my life partner but it was very this, this leaving corporate life was absolutely the best decision i ever made in my life because it's enabled me to really unleash my potential and share it with so many others
0: yeah, absolutely agreed. I mean, it's, we're talking about energy and it's a finite resource. And I find that we, we end up getting sucked in or allowing ourselves to allocate too much of that energy to a job, particularly a job where you have very limited autonomy, which is corporate life really to a T. And into your point about finding that it was draining your energy reserves, I imagine you probably didn't have a lot of energy to do the things in life that you really love. It became a lot about
1: work exactly and and I think that is the way, as you, you just said, so many people live yeah, mm-hmm. this, this phrase that people is use so often nowadays in business at least work life balance yeah, and I think what the heck <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you've got one life <laughs> and it, it, when you have actually getting to try and have to get to grips with saying you know i've got to find some better balance i understand that there's a need for balance but the way in which it gets talked about and work is constantly the thing that seems to prevail in people's minds Mm. and in their actual activities so that and of course in this day and age of 24 7 communication the pressures on performance in all sorts of businesses whether they be commercial or non-commercial i think most Mm. people are really struggling to be able to, indeed, as you say, find the time to do the things that they really, really enjoy. But hopefully work is one of those. You know, as I say, if you're doing the things that you like to do, and not that work has to become your hobby, but life becomes so much more energising.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's an interesting point you mentioned. You said that energy is finite, and I absolutely agree with that. Personal energy is finite um, on a day-to-day basis. But the great thing about personal human energy is it's renewable it's rechargeable yes as long as you're doing some of the important things to make that happen so yes it's finite you run out just like a smartphone you know if, if you don't charge it up and you keep using it using it it just breaks down and, and stops performing it's the same with your body and mind if you just keep running 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 and using the energy and not taking the renewal moments and renewal opportunities then the system starts to break down, your performance goes down and so forth.
0: Yeah. Well, let's get into that. Before we get into the tips and some of the ways that people can renew their energy, could you just outline the four different types of energy as defined in your book?
1: Yeah, because it's an interesting thing. If you ask people about their energy, you know, how much energy do you have, then most people immediately think of physical energy. And if you look in the dictionary, uh, most dictionary definitions of personal or human energy, they often talk about the strength and vitality that's needed to sustain physical and mental activity. Mm -hmm. And and that's a good starting point. But there are actually four different types of personal energy. So yes, physical, yes, and that's related to the quantity of energy you feel, mental indeed, Mental energy, that's concerned with how well you can focus your energy, how well you can focus and so on, apply your mental abilities. But then you've got emotional energy, and that's really key in determining the quality of your energy. And then lastly, but also equally importantly, your purpose energy. Mm. And that purpose energy is the is really the key factor that affects the power of the energy that you use. So it determines how much impact you can have.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. Let's get into the tips because I think that will help elucidate a little bit more about the four different types of energy as well. There are 50 in the book. Every single one would have a justifiable place in this podcast, but time doesn't permit us to go through all of them. So we're going to get through as many as we can do. Let's start with, um, we've both agreed the ones that we wanted to talk about here that stood out for us. So number nine is the pace of life. Talk me through that one.
1: I'm pleased you picked on that one as the first one, Leanne, because this is about the fact that many people seem to treat life, as I call it, as they're sprinting through a marathon. You know, I often say to people, in your life, are you a sprinter? Not not on the track, but in your life, are you a marathon runner or a sprinter? It's kind of like look at me a bit surprised. But my point is, is that people just seem to go and go and go and go and go and don't take time to change pace or to recharge and renew their energy. Mm. And so they're constantly rushing You they're taking a typical day for somebody working in a, well, any type of business. They're frequently, when you look at their diaries, they have meetings or conference calls scheduled or other activities back to back from the moment they start their day to the moment they finish it. Yeah, They take no time out to renew, recharge. They take no time out for breaks, often even skipping lunch. But forgetting that, I'm talking about short 5 to 15-minute breaks during the day when they can recharge. And so they, they never are actually reflecting on what they've just done or starting to get ready for what they're about to do. They're constantly just flipping in from one activity to the other. But the actual basic biorhythm of a human life is this what I call the action rest principle. You know, we it's why we have why we sleep and why we have waking time and why we have day and night, it's why we have work and then hopefully lots of vacation. We have the working week and weekend, that kind of stuff. So it's but it's really important, I believe, for people to try and understand that don't live life as a marathon or a fast-paced marathon see it as an endless series of sprints. Put lots of energy into whatever you're doing. Really run as fast as you can, as it were. And then relax, reflect, recharge, and then go again. Mm. So the point of this uh, pace of life booster in the book is to try and get people to understand really every, I would say, 90 minutes, seven days a week, when you're awake, you should be taking a break from somewhere between five to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. to recharge one or more of your energy types and that mm-hmm. could be just a simple thing you know, go walk in the fresh air grab a drink and have some small talk and conversation with a colleague put your feet up on the desk and daydream get, go to a, some stairs and walk or run up and down the stairs all sorts of things like that yeah but if you do that you know but people think that oh, that's counterproductive i i can't do that you know people people will think i'm not working hard enough or whatever <laughs> But it's been proven time and time again, so many studies on this subject, people in their work, when they take a break roughly every 90 minutes, they have lots more ability for creative thinking. You know, Some of the surveys will say 40% increased ability for creativity. Their, their level of health and, and well, well-being increases dramatically. Mm. And the massive extra ability to focus their mental energy.
0: Yeah. I do think we're in general we're very overscheduled. We don't take enough breaks, and that's something that we could do of our own volition. You know, I I know a lot of people who also have very very busy work weeks, but are also massively overscheduled at weekends. So there is no opportunity for recovery, whether that's a little pocket of recovery or a more prolonged period like a relaxing Sunday. And I think that that tip around the pace of life, as you say, affects all four energy types.
1: Indeed.
0: A lot of us, we just need to slow down a little bit. The one thing I wanted to add to that, I think it's related. I mean, energy, correct me if you have a different interpretation of this, but it all comes from one place in the body. In other words, we don't have a little reserve of, of emotional energy we can use and a separate reserve of purpose energy and a separate one for mental and physical. It's the same if I want a better expression, pot of energy, isn't it? Indeed, yeah. So if you have had a lot of emotional stress, it will impact your ability to perform physically.
1: Hugely, hugely. The lack
0: of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's keeping in mind, this all comes from one place. And that's something I only learned in recent years, really, embarrassingly. I kind of, I'd get frustrated if I was in the gym and just not be able to perform very well. Mm. But I've had a really busy week, hardly moved, but I've done a lot of mental processing and there's been a lot of other stuff going on.
1: I absolutely agree with everything you just said, Eliana. And I, I, as many, when we're talking about these four types of energy, we draw it in the shape of a pyramid, with physical on the, the the base of the pyramid, then emotional, then mental, then purpose. And with, and then to talk about the links that you just mentioned, that if you don't have a strong physical base, the other three energy types on top are going to always be wobbly and unstable. Equally, if your emotional energy is not well charged and at a reasonable level, then your mental energy that sits on top of that is also going to be suffering. And so, as you say, there are links every which way, up and down, and mm. every, all four of them interact yeah. in, in, in different ways and affect each other. And it's it's interesting that you know people can have the same amount of physical energy and and yet one day feel so fired up because they've got. the purpose energy they're doing things they really like to do and the next day they have the same amount of physical maybe also emotional energy but it feels totally different Mm. so they are absolutely interlinked and and affect each other dramatically
0: Yeah. okay let's go to the second tip we were going to share which is number 12 reshape your brain i really like one the sentence in the book which is there are many ways that neuroplasticity can have a lasting impact. One of them is to train your brain to become more conscious of positive things, thereby increasing your positive emotional and en- energy. Talk to me a bit more about this one.
1: It's an interesting thing, you know. The word neuroplasticity has been around for—I well, so, uh, was going to say centuries, but it is actually it was. I think the first came out in the eighteen hundreds, the word was used, and it was referring to the the brain's amazing ability to. to constantly reshape it was commonly ha- held belief that the adult brain was actually physiologically hardwired after your formative years of childhood but that's not true it's been proven that although yes plasticity or your brain is more plastic during the early years in childhood neuroplasticity can happen throughout your whole life lots of studies been done on this one is actually quite an interesting ones about the the tetris effect And the studies that have been done on that is – they. do you remember the game Tetris?
0: Yes, I do, yeah. With all
1: the blocks and shapes, yeah. Yeah. I think lots of people would remember that. Anyway, they've done studies on people where they put them playing Tetris for somewhere between six and eight hours, solidly. And then the next two to three days thereafter, all of the participants kept seeing – Tetris shapes everywhere they open their eyes and everywhere they look. <laughs> Sounds like torture. It's, it's quite an amazing experiment. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but it, very simply put, what's been discovered and also scientifically proven is that your brain takes its shape from what it focuses on. So, you know, if you focus on negative things, then your brain, there's actual neuroreceptors that become more receptive in your brain for negative things and vice versa. Mm. If you focus on positive things, then they will pick up more easily on positive things. So one of the, the tips that I give to people probably almost on a daily basis when I come across people that haven't heard it before is get a little notebook and, and use it exclusively for the purpose of that to explain. Keep it on your bedside table or somewhere close to the bedroom. And then one of your last actions before it lights out is write down three to five positive experiences that happened to you during the day. It doesn't matter how simple they were, how little or large they were. But think about people that gave you a smile, somebody that gave you a good feeling, where maybe somebody gave you some feedback or praise, something that you achieved, tick in the box. It doesn't matter what these things that made you feel grateful. Mm. All those things, write every single little one, write three to five down every night. Do that on an ongoing basis, I would say for certainly one to two months. And then after a while, maybe once a week, just take a few minutes to go back through the ones you've written down during that week. So it's it becomes your little positive experience journal, if you will. And when you've been doing this for a while, it starts to become an automatic habit just like brushing your teeth it's just happening in the background all the time mm. you will start to see life and also you'll start to see the positives in so many different things
0: yeah right brilliant I love that and that's a very quick and easy one for people to start trying let's jump to number three which is tip 16 the power of purpose
1: a lot of has been written about purpose and, and I mm. guess you, you've also read and maybe talk yourself about it as well yeah one of the people that i i really uh, hugely admire i don't know if you've come across him is richard Leider.
0: no i haven't i will look him i
1: highly highly recommend watching how are you
0: spelling his surname
1: his surname is l-e-i-d-e-r got it okay and richard richard has quite a lot of films under the tedx talks and all sorts of film clips on subjects like how to unlock the power of purpose and let's say the very simple powerful messages the bottom line is for when he or i or many others talk about this is it's about not so much thinking that you have to have a purpose in everything it's more about living life purposefully mm so you know a lot of people when they hear these types of things they say, oh i suppose you're going to say i've got to find my life purpose why am i here on this planet i think well yeah if that's what you want to do but that's not what i'm getting at the point is it's about living life intentionally consciously mm-hmm. trying to answer the whys. so why did you get out this morning why are you doing what you're doing mm. trying to answer those types of questions
0: do you think having a clear set of values links with that as well Massively. Because I think that helps to understand why it is, you know, why am I doing this?
1: I, I really do very strongly agree with that. And in fact, that's also one of the boosters in the book is, is trying to help people to either discover or at least uh, Id- concretely identify their values and then live them. Because if you're living your values, there's going to be a lot higher chance that you're going to be living life much more purposefully.
0: Yeah. I and mean, that's something I only really got clear on values. Recently, I'll be honest. I mean, last two or three years, my values broadly are to live truthfully, considerately, and to suck all the marrow out of life, which is to take from the poet Thoreau. I I could break that down, but I won't do into more specific things. But I think when you get clear on values, your purpose becomes more apparent, or just intentional living, if not to say your purpose becomes more apparent.
1: I agree. And often, actually, I find this an interesting one about values. Is I, I do values exercises in certain workshops, and most of my workshops have a business background because they're done for groups within businesses. And people often ask and say, um, "Do you mean my values when I'm at business, or my values outside of work?" And I say, yeah. hmm. <laughs> "That's an interesting question. Uh, in my book, you only have one set of values." <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I do understand where they're coming from there. I do. I would have perhaps thought that in the past.
1: Yes, I, I do. And I sorry, it's certainly inappropriate for me to laugh because I I also would say the same. Back in my corporate life, I would have probably had a similar view.
0: Well, it's a stark statement, isn't it, of how you see, you know, if you have this set of values at work and a set of values, your values should be all-encompassing. Indeed. So I think that says a great deal about us forcing ourselves into these square pegs into round holes or round pegs into square holes, whichever it is, in terms of forcing us up into a certain kind of set of corporate values which don't match our own. And that's when your well-being starts to to suffer, when that becomes the case.
1: You've taken the words right out of my mouth, Lynn.
0: Oh, that's not good podcast interviewing, <laughs> is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you and I are on the exact same wavelength on this, and I imagine almost every subject related to this stuff. And because that is indeed what happens is is that people compromise their one set of values, their life values, and to fit into a certain work environment. And that costs huge amounts of energy. Mm. And at the end of the day, indeed, it affects their well-being.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the book, you have a number of of suggestions for people. I'll just pull out a few. During the last week, which moments gave you strong feelings of satisfaction. During the previous six months, when have you felt truly alive and energized, averted commas in the flow, what were you doing then? What activities most inspire and energize are you doing an average day? So, I mean, these are all really good questions to have a think about for those of you listening who who kind of want to, to find out whether you're Optimizing your energy through living intentionally, I suppose.
1: Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Liam, because when you start answering those types of questions, you will identify what I call, we often call common red threads, and they will help to lead you towards being able to lead your life more purposefully.
0: Yeah. The next one I really love, it's rather playfully called more foreplay, which is tip number 40. I really love this one because it's, it's all about making sure that you're doing things that energize you and excite you. And again, I think a lot of busy professionals find that the convergent pressures of work and home have just squeezed out any time and bandwidth they've got to do things that they find fun. And I think what you're suggesting in this tip is that they start to bring that in, but talk us through that one.
1: As you say, it's a bit of a cheeky title and, and purposefully so, although. Yeah,
0: and why not? I
1: have to say, if you don't mind me saying this podcast, I've had quite a few of my male friends say, My wife has told me to read number 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> however, well, that exactly, so But the concept of this is about the fact that you get huge amounts of positive emotional energy by just anticipating an event that you're looking forward to and just thinking about it, you get almost as much, if not, in some cases, more energy from just spending 10 minutes, even five minutes, thinking about a specific activity as the event itself will bring you. Now, of course, people to say, think that anticipation is not the same as fantasizing. Fantasizing is when you the, the actual event you may or may not happen. When you're anticipating, you're thinking about something, you've got in the diary, you're pretty sure it's going to happen. And that gives you yeah, just fantastic positive energy. And it doesn't matter what it is. It can be, of course, looking forward to a holiday, visiting some friends. It can be work stuff, a course that you're going to be following to develop yourself. And a work event with other colleagues, musical concert, all those types of things. And also... One that is hugely powerful, if people dare to take it on, is a new experience. Mm. You know, something you haven't yet ever done, something that's maybe been on, your, on a list somewhere, whether that's to, I often say to people think it's things like dancing and singing lessons or mm. learning to play that musical instrument that you wish you'd started 30 years ago. These types of things give massive amounts of positive energy when you start looking forward to them and anticipating them.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I talk a lot about the power of discomfort zone and it's exactly what you're saying. It's doing something that, well, it's kind of what you're saying that makes you feel a little uncomfortable perhaps just to stretch you, to develop resilience, to help you grow, keep you energized and excited. And it's wonderful when you do, I'm 44, and when you you do something new for the first time, it feels great. I'm sure it does when you're younger and older as well. I really love that one. I think that's an important one.
1: Yeah, and you say just about the, that's about the new experience, indeed, about the, being yes. out of your comfort zone. But uh, just any other thing you can get in your diary, I always say make sure you've got somewhere, it's minimum three, preferably many more great things to look forward to in the coming months in your diary, and then start spending a few moments now and thinking about them.
0: Yeah. We've got two, three minutes more, Richard, and the last one we were going to talk about is living the now. So maybe rather than talk through that, because I think it's probably, what we're really talking about there is being present, And in fact, you have a wonderful quote from Mark Twain, the author. Yes. I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. (laughs) So it's very much, you know, not being depressed about the past, anxious about the future, but living in the moment. So maybe we can finish in the last two minutes on what are you doing to live in the now? How how do you personally manage that?
1: So I always say to people about the past, um, I don't have a rearview mirror in my life. I do, fortunately, in my car, but not not in when in my life in terms of looking back. That's not to say that I don't look back and reflect sometimes on what's happened and how I might do things a little bit differently or enjoy the moment. But it, it, in terms of worrying about things that have gone, I, it just doesn't, hardly ever occurs to me. I wake up every morning with the feeling, and I say it to myself again because I know it to be true, that yesterday has gone, tomorrow I hope will come, but it's not here yet the only day I've got is today. And boy, this is going to be a great day. Mm. And it's not that I then go about living it as though it was the last day in my life, but I start my day already positioning myself in the present. And I I would say that's the most powerful thing that works for me.
0: Mm. I think for me personally, that's definitely something I could work on. I spend a lot of time in the future whether I'm thinking about even down to how quick can I pay a mortgage off? I'm thinking about, I'm wishing away the days almost, a payday, 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 so I can get that paid off. Or yeah. I'm anticipating the, a business quarter. And again, I'm looking forward and, and almost bringing it forward. Mm-hmm. You know, or just spend a lot of time looking towards the future. And I think one thing I'll take from this is just, just slowing down a bit. I mean, presence, just forgetting about everything else. So I think so much in life, we're encouraged to look forward a lot in life. Even some of the the self-development stuff about goal setting and
1: Mm, visualisation.
0: I think that all that stuff is great up to a point, but we also need to strip all that away and just be here right now and and savour the moment.
1: 100% agree.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Um, I've really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, yeah. I've saved
1: it every moment, it's, it's flown by.
0: Yeah, it has, yeah. I hope it's been really beneficial for anyone listening in. And thank you for sharing your, your expertise and your thoughts with us, Richard. The book is published by Lid Publishing. I know it's available in Waterstones and Smiths, and I'm sure it's available on Amazon and anywhere where you can buy books. And I would recommend people get a copy. It'll be a, a £10 with change, well-spent there's a whole ton of stuff in there on how you can feel more energized and i do believe that's the one thing a lot of people are really lacking so congrats on the book thanks for joining us on the podcast and all the best
1: thanks for having me again.
0: interested in finding out what your health iq is jump on our website www.bodyshotperformance.com and click on take the test It'll take you through to a short two to three minutes test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.